Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of my numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And we're on our website. We can be found right there on www.lapodcast.net. From there you can download all of our previous 108 episodes, am I right? Yes. yes, this, yes. this is episode 109 now. And um, you'll also find the links there to iTunes where you can download them, leave us a review, do with them what you wish. Two, we're on Twitter, Rob, at... LA Podcast. At... At LA Podcast. At LA Podcast. We're on Tumblr at www.lapodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash LA Podcast. Please visit that. We've got a great wall. Rob updates it regularly. You'll even find a picture of us on there, isn't that right? There's a few. I think we're somewhat obscured by the newspapers we're reading. Uh, Yes. There there, there are a few pictures. But but you can still tell at least one of us is attractive. Um, And uh, (laughs) any other media that we're on? Oh, yeah, we can be emailed. Uh, Yes, <laughs> the one thing you also... We're getting a good stream, aren't we, of listener emails that we feature each Absolutely, week. We, yeah. we feature one story each week, the best one that we've picked out on our listener story of the week. And you, and if you've got a story you've found from anywhere in the world that you think is amusing, you can email us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. I know that sounds strange, but that is our email address. lapodcast.net at gmail.com. We've bucked the trend with that email address, Rob. Do you know that there's a new domain in London that you can get now get .london? Right. I quite like that. Okay. I'm not saying we change it, I'm just, just making a point. Interesting fact. Mm. Rob, I just thought that for the foreseeable future, I want to have a, a new feature, and I'm surprising you with this, right. a new feature each week, which is um, Rob's Lesbian Neighbour Updates. Oh, right. Oh, that hasn't been any, really. Um, hasn't been any what? Well, sex, mate. Oh, no, there has been one. There's been one occasion where there's been sex. What? Tell um, me about the occasion. I, I, we, I think we were both, uh, Sarah and I, in bed and heard it. With the whole legs. open. Uh, I can't think who did have Horlicks that particular night. I did know they were Taking upstairs. Taking it easy that night. <laughs> they were upstairs um, watching the uh, the um, the Champion Shield. Uh, Champion Shield? Community Shield. How did you know they were watching the Community Shield? Because we heard when uh, uh, when Arsenal scored the third goal. They were obviously... They were obviously uh, Arsenal fans? Arsenal fans, yeah. These are my perfect women then. They're lesbians and Arsenal fans. Well, not my perfect women really, because obviously if they're lesbians, they're not going to be interested in me. Well, you think, yeah. Hmm. Um, but no, that's it. But they haven't really been up to much else. Right. So you're not you're not losing your rag yet. No. I, th- I wonder if I should make friends with them. Is that is that because you fantasise about some menage a trois? Mm. So what were you saying? Right. Um, now, Rob. Last week, I think you mentioned that you were going to Moby Dick Golf Course. Yeah. Which is a a, a crazy golf course. It's a crazy in, golf course. Where is it? It's in Romford. Um, it's a this massive sort of half a million pound development. Um, and it's a crazy golf course themed around Moby Dick because there's a story attached to the area that there's a whale, apparently. And the, re- the whole reason we're even mentioning this on the podcast is you did feature a story about yeah, the Moby Dick right. do- golf course. And obviously one of the things we talked about is your apparent love of, of seafood-themed <laughs> theme parks and restaurants because you have a very, very touching and dear memory to you of going to see... On the par- parts of the Caribbean... Uh, ride at Euro Disney and yep. you ate in a beautiful what you describe as a beautiful fish bar called the Blue Lagoon I think you find I said fish restaurant I think you find yeah w- whatever yeah. did they have they must have had seafood themed cafe at Moby Dick no unfortunately not what do you no. mean I know, I know it's, so what it's was so the cafe exciting. then <clears throat> there was no cafe there there's so, no so they've cafe. got a crazy golf with nowhere to get food or drink well there's a, there's a pub across the road called the Moby Dick but it's, it's not affiliated with the golf course see I, I, maybe I'm then misreading the situation I was imagining this this glorious, huge, crazy golf theme park. But is it not that? Is it something quite small and sad? 
well, it's a big complex. It's like there's there's like um, there's a there's a what's it called a driving range. There's an eighty hole golf course, and then there's also the, the crazy golf. It's kind of and there's nowhere to eat in this complex. Well, there might be in the clubhouse, but it's definitely yeah, that's not. where the Blue Lagoon was, Rob. In the clubhouse, you have to be a member. Why don't you become a member and then you can investigate the fish restaurant? Take Sarah there. I'm quite disappointed if there if there isn't a fish restaurant there. And if I go back, but I must admit, or are you happy just taking it to Harvester for the foreseeable future? Well, a harvester, let's face it, you get a free salmon bowl. What else could you want? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. And um, some lovely water features. Um, did Sarah homes? enjoy it? Yeah, did she you did. Go on your own? She suggested it. It was her right. suggested it. Um, and you, you could, one of, the, one of the holes you could put into the uh, the whale's mouth, which is good. You could also go onto there. They've got, they've made this like replica galleon that you can go onto. And there's so a you loved all this, did you? It was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, of course. Good. Well done. Beat her ass. Anyway, I guess anything to distract from having to listen to those uh, lesbian neighbours of yours. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay, Rob, I am going to kick us off this week, Rob, with a story from the new, show, new shopper. I've just got a couple of small stories okay. to start us off this week. This is by a reporter I haven't heard of before from a new shopper with a picture I haven't seen. You don't need to see it. It's nothing to write home about. Fiona Simpson. Okay. Uh, who is new? We've never had a story by a Fiona Simpson remember, no, no. And um, it's a good one. It's only a short one. But um, the headline is... Smart car driver smashes into lamppost and runs off. <laughs> right. That's the bit that I like to that story. I wouldn't normally feature an automobile altercation unless there no, was a, no, something humorous about it. But what was humorous about this was apparently the driver ran off. So, a careless driver smashed their smart car into a lamppost in Bromley before disappearing. Met police were called to Burnt Ash Lane around 6.30am this morning, which is August the 9th when this story was, to reports of a seriously damaged car which had been abandoned. Would you like to see a picture of the smart car? I mean, it looks like, to me it looks like it probably hit, hit the wall first and then hit the lamppost. Oh, wow. Describe for the listener. Well, if, if, if you can picture a smart car, I mean, he's, or the front end is, is completely crumpled. I'm guessing it's that's up on the pavement, a, isn't it? Yeah, I'm guessing that's a write-off, without a doubt. Yeah. Um... I mean, let's face it, I think there's, there's probably a good chance that he realised his car was worthless and ran off. But, but what I love is the idea that you'd, dress your, you'd have a crash in your car and in the panic, just run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he hasn't Most broken any crimes. It's not like he's, he's hit anyone. Well, he might have been. He could have been drink driving, of course. No, that's possible. The other interesting thing one of the commenters noticed is that the number plates appear to be missing. So it looks like they took off the number plates and then <laughs> And the police spokesman said the car was seriously damaged, the car has been removed, and the local authority have made the lamppost safe. Oh, good. Which is a very day-to-day type quote. <laughs> yeah. The local authority made the lamppost safe. It's good to know, Because it wasn't... I don't understand what they mean. For so those people were walking home in the evenings, they can be reassured that their, their, their path will be lit. Yeah, good point. Are you... Uh, some comments, Rob. Are you serious? Says smart car and not a very smart driver. Yeah, Could have been expecting that one. Madras yeah. says similar theme, stupid car. Eagles, Eagles man says, one too many attempts at smug smart car parking. Good episode title, that. Mm. One too many attempts at smug smart car parking. <laughs> uh, Eagles man says again, he seems to have taken the number plates away. Cheeky bugger, not that it will help, they'll trace it from the chassis number. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the end of that story. Yeah. Great. But <laughs> wherever they are, I guess now they're too cheap. I mean, they've lost money in this. Yeah, because they're really smart. I mean, it's a smart car, about eight, nine grand. I mean, they're not cheap. Yeah. Where's um, your car, love? Uh, well, I, I, I smashed into a lamppost, right? And then I just ran off. <laughs> is it still there? Don't know. What's that on your arm? Oh, it's, it's the registration place. <laughs> I thought we could use them again. 
<laughs> Honestly, some people. Anyway, my second story now, Rob, my, my, is uh, my, my... Again, it doesn't count as a listener story. It, can't, it doesn't... Actually, this does not count as a listener story. So Whenever you say that, it probably does count. It's emailed to me by my dad. Okay, right. My dad doesn't actually listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Right, so, okay. therefore, he's not a listener. Um, it's from the Bournemouth Echo because he lives down in Dorset it's from Wednesday the 13th of August it's a corker runaway cow on A338 Spur Road causes chaos for thousands of motorists great a runaway cow sparked travel mayhem Rob for thousands of motorists in Bournemouth today police were called at 10.25am after the farmyard animal was spotted wandering on the carriageway at Blackwater Junction after a clearing barrier near Matcham's the police helicopter took to the skies above the incident as officers on the ground attempted to locate the cow and initiated rolling roadblocks. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sections of Avon Causeway and the A338 Spur Road were closed in the midst of the operation and traffic backed up for miles along the Wessex Way. I mean, just to show you a picture of what the scene was like to do this cow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gridlock. Okay, gridlock on this motorway, right? Is it, obviously, it was just a cow that obviously escaped from a local field. Uh, well, I, he, not, he wasn't driving. He didn't hadn't crashed his car and just got out. And just, maybe, maybe he was the one who smashed the smart car. Well, the, the smart car was black and white. So. Look, somebody tweeted that the cow because they were there and they said the cow did actually jump over the central barrier. Really? Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. A jumping cow. And they said no sign of a cat and a fiddle though. Ah. Truck driver Russell Pickard, who was driving along the A338 when the incident happened, said there were huge tailbacks to the Boscombe exit. There was a farmer's tractor parked on the other side of the carriageway, and the police helicopter was above us as well, searching for it. All the patrol cars went past us. I just love the image of a police helicopter, all these... What were they going to do when they got to it? Kill it on site? I'm seeing all you can do is really sort of try and shoot off the motorway. You can't really do anything else. You can't kill it. I think you could kill it. Justified, Rob. Right. <laughs> the only cows I've ever seen were penned in a field. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like this. Drivers switched off their engines, got out of their vehicles as the cow continued to evade those attempting to capture it. Now, how good can these officers be if a cow is evading escape? Yeah. Uh, sorry, is evading capture. A cow is not a quick-footed animal, Rob. No. It's and also, slow and cumbersome. You've got a rolling roadblock. You've got patrol cars. Just pen it in. You don't need to try and... What will you do with it? Trying to handcuff it? And sue it. <laughs> Chris Nichols, who was travelling to Southampton on a National Express coach, said the spur road looked like a car park with lots of people getting out of their vehicles to get some fresh air. He added, all you can see is traffic. No one has any idea what's going on. Hmm. I wish I had got the train. I would have been there by now. There's been no information given to us whatsoever. And people are getting annoyed. What do you expect? Someone's come out of the loudspeaker. Dear motorists, we are currently uh, trying to apprehend an escaped cow. <laughs> what, what did he, how the hell is information going to get to them? He wasn't in an airport. Sort of flyers, I don't know. But shortly after 1pm, Rob, which is like three hours later... The cow had a heart attack. Police confirmed the cow had been tracked down and had been safely returned to... Tracked down? So they were still trying to find it? (laughs) Yeah. So, obviously, with this story, you can expect an onslaught of pun-related... Pun... Of course. Comments featuring puns. Uh, Speedy231278 says, If anything hits that cow, it'll be burgered. So the plan was a yeah, that's quite good. Uh, Mr. D-Man says, keep moving. Okay. Uh, BSJC1234 says, oh, stop milking it, you lot. <laughs> Hern08 says, looks like it'll have to go the other way. 
instead uh, of Adelaide. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Um, Domingo de Santa Clara <laughs> says, <laughs> Utter okay. chaos until the coppers moved it along. Someone should get a pat on the back. I heard they only got it because his friends in the field grasped him up. I think we need to stop now. Uh, we're going to, well, don't mind. Uh, che- cheered, it, cheered right up says, I see the missus is causing havoc on the road again. <laughs> Just him comparing his wife to a cow. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Yankee One says, Was it being chased by a clown named Ronald? Clown named Ronald. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the last comment here, Rob, is, is Biffa78, who doesn't seem to understand the whole nature of these comments, doesn't even really bother, just says, silly old cow. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the thing is true, he was necessarily trying to join in. I think he was just making a comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a silly old cow. It's a waste of his time and our time. Rob. Yeah. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us there? Yeah, I've got two actually, two short stories. Uh, the first one is from the non-traitors Guardian. Good. Uh, you can guess the reporter, obviously, because there's only one. Butthole Man. It is Butthole Man, of course. There yeah. is only there one. There is only one. Have you checked the website? I really see? think it's it's just the fact that he covers stories from the, the, the Epping Forest area. I, I'm sure, but I haven't. Has I he need stopped to check covering this. potholes? Uh, he didn't. There was a story the other week which I didn't feel necessary that we should cover on the podcast about. Apparently, the council has, has elected someone to be responsible for potholes. Doesn't sound that. So he's 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 passed the baton to this guy. Right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, the headline: Buckhurst Hill councillor apologised for liking Miliband beheading comment. <gasps> for liking Miliband beheading comment. Yeah. I, Hang on a minute. Miliband beheading comment. Surely is our episode time. Yeah, that's true. Get us hits. It would actually, yeah. Because there are a lot of people searching for David Miliband, popular man. And possibly... No, sorry, Ed Miliband, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've no. done it again. Yeah. Um, I just want to apologise as well. I, the views expressed in this article are slightly contentious and there is some bad language, so you'll have to bear with me. We've never apologised for bad language before. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, a council's apologised after he endorsed violence against public figures that have criticised the Israeli government over Gaza. Uh, Conservative Nigel Cohen of Buckhurst Hill Parish Council liked to comment on a friend's uh, public Facebook page which described the the beheading of uh, Labour leader Ed Miliband who has condemned the Israeli government's uh, bombing campaign. Councillor Cohen's friend Nigel Wiseman, which may be slightly ironic given the comment, wrote, Ed Miliband, you're a fucking disgrace. Instead of being proud of your people, you've you've turned on them, no doubt to secure the huge Muslim vote our shithole of a country allows. I hope that when the jihadist vermin take over and start the slaughter, your beheading is very long and painful, you utter, utter cunt. Bloody hell. Now that is, that's, that's hate speech right there, surely. Yeah. How could you be prosecuted for that? Um, I didn't think we'd ever get round on local to touching on the Israel-Gaza conflict, I, I don't know why. But yeah, of course, because Ed Miliband does have Jewish lineage. That's right, yeah, his parents, I think but, his parents were refugees. But I would argue that that gives him even more, you know, I think that's very brave and commendable of him then, therefore, to to to, to, to be able to criticise your own in a constructive way. Why shouldn't you be able to do that? There well, are lots, absolutely. Of, there are lots mean, of Jews who will say that we think the Israeli, the Israeli response to what's going on is disproportionate. Both, both his parents be shouted down. were, and I've got a bit annoyed, both his parents were yeah. basically um, Belgian Jews and yeah. they escaped the Nazi yeah. regime came, by coming to the UK. Anyway, so the councillor, Mr. Cohen, liked the comment and replied, now you know why I'm a, why I'm a Conservative councillor, lol. Right. Good uh, press for the Tory party then. Yeah. Because George Osborne is uh, very, very close to the Israeli government. Did you know that? Really? Mm. Oh, well, there's a surprise. 
Um, the theme continued on July the 31st when Mr. Wiseman responded to comedian Russell Brand's criticism of the coverage of the conflict by Fox News in the US. Mr. Wiseman... I think it's okay to criticise Fox News' coverage of anything. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, Mr. Wiseman posted, So sad to hear that Russell Brand has seemingly kicked his drug habit. Shame he just didn't go on to stick a little one of those drug-laden needles into his anti-Israeli, Arab-sympathising fucking junkie arms. Cunt. So if you, so you criticise... Um... If you, so de facto, if you criticise Fox News' coverage of the Israeli Gaza conflict, you are anti-Israeli and all the rest. Apparently of it. so. Right. Okay. Uh, Mr. Cohen replies. Nice to see there are sensible people on both sides of the argument. This That's is why we're in the problem we're in. If we didn't have nutters like this on both sides, we'd be okay. Yeah. Why don't we just leave the talk of beheadings alone altogether? Well, it, well yeah. Mr. Cohen comments uh, responds to the comment by uh, saying scum. Um, Another contributor added, I've just listened to Emily Thornbury, M- Labour MP on NBC, arguing that the uh, Hamas terror tunnels are only being used to get food into Gaza. If there's ever a person who deserved a lethal dose of heroin, left it there, Mr. Curran added, lol, brand that, he even uses text free, brand that Labour MP, utter scum, Labour, uh, sorry, LBC, also scum. When questioned over the comments, Mr. Curran said, I condemn the comments, and unreservedly, they were irresponsible, stupid, immature. He condemned his own comments? Yeah. And has he been sacked from the Tory party? No. Uh, Can you imagine if this was a UKIP? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Can you imagine if this was a UKIP guy? He'd be called racist, everything else. And he says, and about his friend, Neil Wiseman is a joker, and I didn't take any of these these things seriously. It doesn't matter if he was a joker. Mm. It's you the comments he made about, at the first It's place. also, okay, say it over the phone, D- doing it on a public forum such as Twitter is... It, 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 I don't understand why any of these people use Twitter. You just ask This is on trouble. Facebook. That's even worse. It was a public profile on Facebook. But you finished by saying it was no oversight on my part. It was supposed to be a private conversation with a friend. Oh, that's okay then. It's not private. And just because it's a private conversation doesn't make it better. No. You fucking idiot. Okay, anyway. Well, I think you wanted to get that off your chest. Sorry, that annoyed me. Anyway, on a slightly lighter note, yes. this is an Australian News and Journal. Simon Sister Teen, Michaela Cheeseman... Sorry, who? Uh, Simon Sister... Simon Sister's place. Yes. Simon Sister Teen, Michaela Cheeseman, goes missing again. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because she, uh, her parents gave her the unfortunate name Cheeseman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that you're never going to want... She's never... Nobody's ever going to want to marry her, Rob. I just think... I know they, well, no, they will, because they'll, they'll be like, fine, she, she will want to marry someone. Fine, I can get rid of this name. Cheeseman... I know, yeah. I mean, luckily she will get, like I said, but if she gets married, then hopefully she'll lose that side of her name. Unless she but meets Darren Nobcheese. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, What's your surname, Nobcheese? Oh, shit. <laughs> but I like the fact is, it's goes missing again. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, police are appealing for, to, for help to trace a missing scientist teenager who had gone missing for the second time in the space of a few weeks. Uh, Michaela Cheeseman, 17, went missing from Gloucester on, uh, at about 12.54 very precise uh, to today and there's concern for her safety Michaela of the, of the Marples Simon Sisters described as white 5 foot 8 inches tall thin and is left handed <laughs> she has blue eyes very long brown hair and is pale of complexion she is believed to have her hair up and wearing a long white jumper with brown and grey specks light blue skinny jeans with a light blue strain well, well, why stain. are you reading this story we never do stories like this people. what if she winds up in a canal then what it was just the fact that... Yeah, but Rob, what do we do if, she, if something happens to her? What if in, in a week's time on Sky News, they're digging up a body and it's some terrible manhunt? You've just read out this story on a but comedy podcast. Alex, I feel that it, it's our public duty to report on this story, and I'm concerned that the fact that 
that she's gone missing. And also, the last fact that I need to read out, Michaela is possibly not wearing shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really... What I'm saying is I really... I'm uncomfortable, Rob, that if in case something happens to her. Well, we've, we've done a public duty, Alex, and we've we've highlighted. We're not know, laughing that she's gone missing. I think no, we're no, laughing no. at the I'm way this story. I'm concerned she's gone missing again, and the fact she's not wearing shoes. You're laughing about the way this story has been reported. If yes. I am correct, uh, of course, Alex. And we hope that um, this cheeseman is is okay. Yeah, I mean, last time she was found, it was in Cornwall. So hopefully, she's just gone on a nice holiday. Right. Yeah, they, they they needed to give more detail in that story. I think uh, about about so less but, details about what she was wearing about more detail uh, about the substance and why she disappeared <laughs> yeah I don't think her being left handed is gonna <laughs> you know from a distance you know I can't normally tell what what, what uh, unless we, we walked up to her and then gave throw her a pen ball out. throw her a ball possibly or, or asked her to give her a signature maybe throw balls at random teenagers yeah if some of them are left handed you can whittle it down maybe a cricket maybe not a cricket ball maybe something a bit softer yeah good idea mm. <laughs> Okay, Rob, my uh, next story here, yes, it's a good one. It's from the new shopper, Rob. I'll tell you now there are no comments, so don't, don't expect there to, don't, don't look forward to any. You think, there probably will be in due course, but okay. it's a recent story. It's Monday the 11th of August. It's by Haloy's Wood. You've never seen what Haloy's Wood looks like. Oh, no, is that picture? Like to see? Of course. Here she is, Haloy's Wood. Yeah, she's mildly attractive. Good cheekbones. Mm. Um, headline... Dozy Driller, who bungled multi-million pound raid in Swanley, gets 13 years. Nice. A bungling robber who botched a multi-million pound raid on a Swanley cash depot when he knocked down the wrong wall with a digger has been jailed <laughs> for 13 years. <laughs> now, Rob, what, what a claim to fame this is, to be known as this. Just listen to this next sentence. Ex-millennium dome robber Raymond Beston, Betson, 52, and other unidentified raiders targeted the Loomis depot in Markway, Swanley, in March 2012. So... Ex-Millennium, that was when it wasn't known as the O2, it was known as the Millennium Dome. Do you, do you remember that, that height? This is the guy who, try, who they, they tried to steal diamonds by using what, the JCB. And wasn't it also completely um, cocked up? I believe so. I don't think they stole anything as far as I remember. So, I they what I like this guy is he tries to steal diamonds from the Millennium Dome, presumably goes to jail for that, and the first thing he does is, uh, is do Let's this. try and do it again. <laughs> Brilliant. A stolen... It just shows, just shows that crime does pay. Yeah, well, no, not for him, but... No. A stolen digger was driven into the outside wall of the depot just before 5am. Oh it's, it's identical. Yeah, to knock it over and allow the crooks inside. Brilliant. But the attempted raid turned into fast because after ramming the wall repeatedly, one of the robbers climbed over the rubble to find an empty room. <laughs> when the gang entered a nearby warehouse, they discovered that was empty too and they ended up fleeing empty-handed. Police found a two... Now listen to this, Rob. Police found a two-way radio, a baseball bat and large white bags inside an abandoned Mitsubishi 4x4 in a nearby field. Nice. Um... In a nearby bush was a balaclava, a snood, and a running stopwatch, which police linked to the attempted robbery. What? So what I love is, all right, boys, we, you know, they're, they're, why are you bringing a stopwatch? It, maybe they, they figured they only had a certain amount of time. But that implies they've done some sort of, some sort of reconnaissance beforehand. I'm sure they, they have. They knew, but if you do reconnaissance, surely you'd know which building is, is the correct building. Not if you're a bungling robber. Rob. Would no. you like to see a picture of the hole in the wall that was created into an empty yeah, room by the digger? There it is. Wow. See, Loomis, they do, as far as I know, they are security firms, so they must have been in the right place. But not the right part of the building. (laughs) DNA from the snood and the balaclava provided a one in a billion match to Betson, who was previously convicted for his part in the Millennium Dome raid in November 2000. 
Betson of Clifton Crescent Folkestone was found guilty of attempted robbery at Maytham Crown Court last month and was jailed for 13 years. Detective Inspector Rob Haynes of the Kent and Essex Serious Crime Directorate said Betson wanted to make a lot of money quickly and was significantly involved in this botched robbery. The attempt displayed a level of violence, planning and organisation with the use of a digger, weapons such as baseball bats and a getaway vehicle. But what went for an armed robbery quickly turned into farce because they knocked down the wrong wall, then searched an empty warehouse and managed to render the getaway vehicle useless as they fled the scene, discarding equipment nearby. Mr Haynes said they were still trying to trace Betson's accomplices. Police believe he has fled to Ireland and officers have urged anyone with information about his whereabouts. To call Ken- you never find him now, not if he's in Ireland. Really. No, he's gone. Yeah, that's it. He's, he's a leprechaun now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my second story, Rob, is my favourite of mine from the week. Okay. Okay, well, I want you to listen carefully. This is from the Bournemouth Echo. I want you to listen sympathetically to this story. <sighs> Whenever you say... <sighs> don't, don't make this distinction beforehand. It just... Anyway, go on. From August the 12th, Rob. It's a, again, it's, it really is a touching, romantic story. <sighs> right. Headline... He destroyed my life. <laughs> Woman conned out of £13,000 in internet dating scam. Sorry, how is this a touching romantic story? <laughs> story about romance, Rob. Romance of the best kind in its purest sense. Right. A woman who was scammed out of more than £13,000 by a man she met on a dating website said her life had been destroyed. Right. The 56-year-old from Bournemouth met the man in February this year and they became friends over two months via email and Skype. So she struck up this romance with this man over email and Skype. So she saw him on a webcam. Okay, that's not really... Anyway, it doesn't matter. He claimed to be a UN, United Nations, Rob, medic, working in Syria and seeking companionship online. But in reality, Rob, she had fallen for a cynical scam. I have paid the price for being naive, said the victim, who wished to remain anonymous. It's difficult to meet men in everyday life at my age. I went on this website looking for companionship. We became good friends. He gave me his life story, sent me a picture... (laughs) Sorry, I've just noticed a detail in the story that I'm going to have to tell you in a minute. He gave me his life story, sent me a picture, even spoke to me on Skype. I had no reason to disbelieve him. He talked about our future and painted a beautiful picture. But that was all it was. Oh, God. Now, Rob, here's where it gets interesting. Ah, right. The man said he was sending her a package for safekeeping. And in March, she received a video supposedly showing the package at Heathrow Airport with gold bars being removed by custom officials. When questioned... <laughs> gold bars, Rob. Oh, God. I mean, we, just clarify, do we mean the, the chocolate bar or the actual gold bar? Is there a chocolate bar called a gold bar? You've never had a gold bar? Oh, you not just Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? No, no, no there is actually cho- uh, a chocolate biscuit called a gold bar. It's very nice. I really like it. Who makes it? Uh, I think it's McVitie's. I think I probably have that, mm. yeah. When questioned, our online correspondent said he'd been given the gold bars by a Syrian sheikh and wanted her to look after them. And she just went, yeah, sure, that's fine. The video came with emails of official-looking documents from the airport, the Home Office and HMRC, demanding a £1,770 handling charge and £7,400 in tax before the package would be released. By borrowing the money from her mother and her son and maxing out her overdraft and credit card, the victim paid the fictitious fees and she later transferred £4,000 to the scammer for his airfare home. The fraud was only exposed when the victim's son spotted the same video of the gold being unpacked on YouTube. (laughs) I've accepted I probably won't get the money back, she says. No, no. I'm paying off my debts at £300 a month, but I only get paid £150, she said the victim. Looking back, I can see I was really stupid, but I didn't know that these people were so clever. 
I want to warn people not to make the same mistake as me. I would hate any other vulnerable woman or man to fall victim. You never know who you are talking to on the internet. The case was referred to the West Midlands Police by action fraud, but the victim said the force had told her its investigation had stalled. Dorset Police and Crime Commissioner Martin Underhill said her case had been handled in a, in quotes, slapdash and slapstick, end quotes, way. (laughs) And he would would refer it to the policing minister. Brilliant. Other than an intervention from victim support, she said, uh, he said, the victim has had nothing. This is not the way to carry out police investigations. An action fraud spokesman said there was, in quotes, more for us to do to support victims of economic crime. Yeah. He said a new system for informing victims was introduced in April, as well as funding to set up an economic crime victim care unit. Now, Rob, in the middle of this article, you know how um, you get adverts on, uh, on local newspapers? Yeah. Is it appropriate for new shoppers? Please don't tell me there's one for cash for gold. <laughs> no, better than that. <laughs> Describe make your dating a success with two's company dating <laughs> why would they want to be featured in this story oh. <clears throat> you know anyway comments Rob comments some good comments here only a few I've had to select from 44 Norman Stansfield says when questioned her online correspondent quotes the article when yeah. questioned her online correspondent said he'd been given the bars by a Syrian sheikh and wanted her to look after them and I love this point Rob it's one of my favourite comments for a while at this juncture you should realise you're either being scammed or under investigation by the news of the world. <laughs> These also, days you're definitely being scammed. Can I point out that Syria is currently a war zone? Yeah. That's why they're smuggling out gold bars. Right? Yeah. Townie yeah. says, I feel sorry for people on their own, but they need to be aware that if someone years younger in a foreign country says, I love you, you need to think they want money, a ticket to this country, or marriage to stay here. They very rarely want the love of an older person when they could have a person of their own age. And she didn't question the fact that a UN diplomat was trying to smuggle gold bars out of Syria. No, Rob. Daisy11 says, People are being warned about this scam all the time. When strangers ask you for money, just run a mile. It's that easy. Or just hang up Skype. This is it. Love this comment by High Treason. Right. I know exactly how she feels. I get the same feeling every time I pay my cancel tax. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fair point. Up. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I always feel <coughs> completely um, violated. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think we can all sympathise with that. <laughs> Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Yeah, this is also from the Stradnews and Journal, and I was quite amazed by this story, because this story generated 58 comments. Now, on the Stradnews and Journal, that is unheard of. Because they're all on Pornhub. They're all on Pornhub, as we learned from a previous story. Well, apparently, this, this you know, took their hands off their penises and uh, onto the... Uh, or their vaginas. Or the, true, yeah. I decided to be sexist there. And uh, apparently onto the keyboard. Right. Um, it's by uh, David Chipperfield... Mm. Sorry, Daniel Chipperfield, who sounds like he should be a Victorian character. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the headline. So he worked, well, so there you go, there's another journalist apart from Butthole Man. Yeah, but this is Australian Journal. Oh, That's sorry. the, uh, the non traitorous Guardian. I apologise. Mm. Although I think he may be new to, uh, to the Australian Journal. Anyway. Dursley Gardner threatened with arson by cat lovers. Some of these headlines, there was too much to process. Dursley Gardner threatened with arson by cat lovers. Yes. He's not another guy who wants to get rid of cats, is he? Like that nutter from New Zealand. I'm sorry to say, Alex. Yes, he is. Right. And uh, there was actually... That's some... why it generated the comments, Rob. <laughs> because as you know, if there's one thing people care about more than anything in this country, it's animals, Rob. Absolutely. A frustrated gardener from Dursley has had arson threats from uh, cat lovers after, after warning he would take action against Moggies who killed birds in his garden. What's he threatening to do to him? 
Is that him a light? I don't know, no. He, uh, he seems to be along... He hasn't actually stated what he intends to what do. What the threat is. No. Uh, Mr. Clive uh, Mofor, got an image of him beating them up, well, and roughing them up on the side of the shed, holding one with holding the one, neck, yeah, and then punching, punching it in the face, punch, no, punching it in the stomach. <laughs> Don't come round here again, all right? And then lobbing it over the fence, or maybe they're pinned up against the patio doors. Uh, Mr. Clive uh, Mofor, fifty-seven, leafleted cat owners, uh, cat owning neighbours. He leafleted them, brilliant. yes, with pictures of dead birds in his garden, which have fallen victims to their pets. Bloody hell! Uh, in his letter, he said he he would take drastic action. Uh, sorry, in his letter he said drastic action would be taken if the problem persisted, provoking a, a storm of protest. Drastic. See, it's because you used the word drastic. Do you think? Well, drastic means I'm going to kill him. I think that's probably true. Uh, speaking to the Gazette, however, Mr. Mofor said the action including netting and line... Sorry. Netting and line dung to put off the pesky felines. So, that was his drastic So action. humane... Sort of chucking a net over them. Yeah. And, and then lobbing them over And the then fence. smearing them with line dung. Um, the chemist said he used to see uh, large numbers of birds, but as the cat population has increased, bird numbers have fallen. In the last week alone, cats have killed uh, a jackdaw, a blackbird, and a house sparrow. I was watching the sparrow whilst eating my dinner. <laughs> she sat there quietly, enjoying the food in the evening, in the evening sun. Can you, I think we need to picture this. Well, okay. I am, I'm being taken away here. Rob. So she sat quietly, enjoying the food in the evening sun, when a cat leapt right onto the shoulder height table, grabbing the bird and running off. This was the final straw. Can I just make a point about this, Rob? Yeah, of course. There's little you can do to control a cat. This is the problem. You can't lock them in the house. You can't stop a cat attacking a bird. It's in their nature. Yeah, this is true. And I've, I've, I think... I can't remember it now. I read a story recently about a woman who, uh, whose cat was giving an asbo. <laughs> a cat bug. A cat bug. Uh, Dr. Moforth uh, leafleted nearby neighbours with pictures from video surveillance of the worst offenders asking cat... Uh, cat owners to control their their charges and said they would take. Uh, said he would take action um, if the problem persisted. Would have been good if he'd had a picture of him holding a cat by the neck and just his fist next to the cat's head. <laughs> like you know, like to say this is what's going to happen. I, I like it even more if he, he did sort of uh, maybe uh, sort of a terrorist video of him like with like an anti cat sign in the background. <laughs> him with a balaclava. Yeah, all of that business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this led to if, if you continue was, to kill our birds, we will continue to kill your cats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> this led to numerous complaints to the, to the police and the RSPCA and the extreme elements within the pro-cat brigade have threatened arson he said I think that's an extreme response yeah to threaten to burn down his house is that what they threatened yes according to him um, the bird table has been put away until the f- uh, to the first set of deterrence is in place I don't see why I should have to pay to protect the, the birds in my garden from cat owners who simply let their, pa- their, their pets roam free. I've got an well, cats do that. Why doesn't he stop? Why doesn't he just get rid of the bird table? Why doesn't he stop attracting birds into his garden and letting them fall prey to these cats? If he cares so much about them, then, then do something selfless. You just want to watch birds while you have your dinner. I have no idea why. You want to sit there watching a sparrow eat while you eat. <laughs> why don't you find something else to do? Good point. Watch birds online like the rest of the people in Strad. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Um, if a dog went to a neighbour's garden, dug holes, left excrement and killed wildlife, all hell would, would let loose. Go to Bird Hub. <laughs> oh God, I hope that doesn't exist. A yeah, man shagging a chaffinch. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an image. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, he also thinks that owners who, who uh, choose to let their cats roam free should be subject to the same rules as dog owners and be made responsible for the actions of their pets, adding... 
In the long term, then, there needs to be widespread nutrient campaigns to bring down the size of the enormous cat population. There was a whole thing about this in the paper the other day. They're, they're, but Rob, since this New Zealand guy has brought it up, there is a movement happening. There's a whole story about how cats are responsible for something like 48% of wildlife deaths in this country and about really? how they're a menace. Yeah. What cats do when they're out and about from your house, Rob? They are, they are vicious. Are you telling me I've got three killers in my household? Yeah. And I'm not talking about Sarah. No, no not including Sarah. And it, will, and it will be you next, Rob. I mean, I must, one of them has been looking at me funny. Yeah. That's a conjunctivitis. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm gonna, th- th- as I said, there was 58 comments in the story. I've narrowed it down to three, all by the same comments. All done. Way. Um, well, again, it's slightly fortuitous. Uh, the, the comment's name is Cheeseford. Right. I was one of the lucky recipients of Mr. Uh, Mothwall's bizarre and ill-considered communication. I wish we had the leaflet. It would have been... Um, I'm not going to contact Mr. Cheeseford and ask if he can post it all. Yeah. After my laughter had subsided, I sent a, a scan of it to the uh, Gloucester Constabulary as a final line about dr- uh, drastic action came across as a threat. I also sent Mr. Dofor's name to a search engine and was interested to discover that he is also responsible for a thrill and tedious website moaning about golfers on the Stinchcombe Hill. I walk my dogs on the golf course every day and find the golfers pleasant and courteous. Um... Brilliant. Now, going, like I said, to, you, you have to. I'm just scrolling through just to highlight the comments. But like I said, there's a lot of comments on this story. So bear me one second. So Chiefs said again uh, from the Daily Mail website about Mr. Moforth. Gloucester police said that there did, there did not appear to be any instance of arson threats recorded. Funny that, of course, it's entirely possible that Mr. Moforth misheard another word as arson. Right. Uh, so they called him an arson. He thought they were threatening to burn down his house. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, and the last comment is, uh, Dr. Mofos refers to the extreme elements in the, pro-cat, uh, in the pro-cat brigade. In the two years since I moved into Dursley, I've only come across one extreme element of anything, and that's Dr. Moforth. I just like the idea that um, he gets a little jiffy bag through his, you know, this guy, through his um, letterbox. And in it is uh, just a dead bird, mangled, and just a note says, please... Um, Desist with your inquiries about this matter. Please desist with your next. Because these cat lovers, Rob, you know, you don't want to cross them. He's picked the wrong, wrong protest group here. Mm. It's a frightening thought. It is. Okay, Rob, I believe that it is now time for our listener story of the week. That's correct, yeah. Um, So who have we got this week? Well... I think we need a little bit of background. This story, I've been going back and forth because there are certain stories in this podcast that I, re- that I read and think, I'm not sure whether we can feature the story. Mm. Because some are just, you know, absurd. You know, some can contain elements of violence, that kind of thing. And some you just read and just think, what the fuck? Right. This falls into the, into the last category. So this is from Parker. Parker's ah, Parker in Virginia. He did. I almost missed this. He actually tweeted me this, this story. This is in Virginia, the United States. Uh, Parker has sent us a, uh, a, a... He sent us a great story way back when it uh, was featured in our, on our in our episode Freaking Zombie Beaver yeah. about, a zombie, uh, about, a, about a, a zombie beaver attack. That's right. Go back and listen to it. It's a great story. Thank you for sending us another story, Parker. So just just bear with this story because it, it is absurd um, and it's almost it's almost unbelievable. So it's from the Washington Post, so it's a main... It's, you know, that was where the, the zombie beaver story was from. Oh, was it? Yeah. Which was also... Awesome. you remember that. That's yeah. impressive. The headline. In sexting case, police want to take photographs of teenagers' erect genitalia, his lawyers say. 
Right. Yeah, I see where this is going. Manassas City Police and Prince William County prosecutors are taking a unique approach to collecting evidence in a sexting case involving a 17-year-old t- uh, male. Authorities want to take a picture of the teenager's erect genitalia to compare with the selfie video allegedly sent to his girlfriend, his attorneys have said. The case has sparked anger from the boy's family, local lawyers and legal observers who say the amount of time and resources spent by law enforcers on private messages uh, between teens is excessive. Sorry, Rob, why are they prosecuting him? Is sexting illegal? Because it's not illegal. Nope, it's not illegal. So what's the problem? Was she underage? Uh, she was underage, but she didn't file the complaint. But still, it's illegal. Well, she's underage, isn't it? I think this is the suggestion, yeah. It does come on to that. Now, this is... So, we're already on dangerous territory, and this is where it gets even more weird. The teenage, the teen's attorney are particularly incensed that investigators want to take him to a hospital for an injection that would have forced him to become a wreck. Yeah, because I was going to ask, how are they going to get, you know, how are they, you know, was the, was the, was, was the prosecuting attorney going to give him a hand job? And he's just walk in and go, yeah, mate, just flip through a few pages of that and we'll come back in a few minutes, yeah? yeah. The teen is facing two days of felony charges. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, the teen is facing two felony charges in juvenile court, manufacturing distrib- distributing child pornography, which could lead not only to uh, incarceration until he's 21, but also to... In- oh, because he's underage. Yeah. I see. Um, but also to the inclusion on the sex, sex, sex offenders registry and that, that's, discretion. Right. That's ridiculous. It's a complete overreaction. Mm. Uh, the prosecutor's job is to seek justice, said the, teen, uh, the teen's defence attorney, Jessica... Uh, Harbison, ha- Jessica Harbison Foster. What is this about? Why does this uh, advise? Sorry, why does this? Sorry, how does this advance the interest of the Commonwealth? Take him down to the hospital so he can get an erection in front of the cops. That's traumatizing. And then take a picture of him. He's yes. going to be disturbed for the rest of his life. Fair point. Foster. And also, why isn't that? Right, hang on a minute. Here's the great irony. Is this what you thought the irony was? Yep. Is this where you're going with it? Isn't that then... This boy is underage. Yeah. They're taking so, a picture so there's, there's of a wrecked penis. So there's a group of older men taking pictures of wrecked penis. So haven't they just... Haven't they just therefore created... Broken the same law that broken he broke. Broken the same law that he broke. <laughs> and they're law enforcement. So they're taking pictures. I'm didn't guessing the on their think, phone. Didn't the lawyers think of this? Who knows, Alex? Who knows? This story is absurd. It's brilliant. Sounds made up. Foster said the case began in January when the teen's 50-year-old girlfriend sent photos of herself to the 70-year-old boy, who in turn sent her a video in question. So the girlfriend initiated it, which I'm guessing was consensual. Mm -hmm. I noticed that they're underage. I appreciate that. Um, The girl's not been charged, and the mother filed a complaint against the boy's video. Foster said he served uh, felony petitions from juvenile court. Can you imagine the mother seeing his video? Oh, my God. How does she get hold of it? Maybe she checks the daughter's phone, you know. Maybe she was... No. Uh, In January, after the case was dismissed on a technicality, uh, prosecutors refiled the charges. This time, uh, Manassas City Police arrested him and took photographs of his genitalia against his will. This is it just gets more and so more murky. family file a counter-prosecution? You, could, you certainly think so. Um, Carlos, oh, I love this name by the way, Carlos Flores Lamboy appointed the teen's guardian ad libitum uh, in the case, said he thought it was illegal for a Manassas City police to create their own child pornography as to investigate the team for it. Yes, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. They're using a statute that was designed to protect children from being exploited in a sexual manner. To take pictures of his young man in a sexually explicit manner, um, the irony is incredible. And in the middle of it, 
is this poor young guy who's really done nothing wrong. No. Really. I mean, unfortunately, and I know this it is, it has been documented that sexting between teens has, has been on the increase in recent years. And, you know, at least they were boyfriend and girlfriend. I know that doesn't justify it, but at least they were together and he wasn't just doing it to some random female. No, he wasn't grooming anybody. It was just a naive, silly thing to do. Yeah. Um, I've got some, some comments. There were a lot of comments on this post. Um, I've tried to narrow it down to a few. Um, did Parker have a take on this story, or did he just send it through? He just sent it through. Right. I think he just said it, it was, again, it was just absurd. Um, Great find, Parker. <laughs> Uh, Jet0001 says, Only Puritans will want to legally force a child to have an erection so they can take a photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey, Casey Ham says, stupid, stupid, to be even be co- stupid to even be prosecuting it, much less the photo. Male teams have little else on their mind. Get used to it. Uh, Web Voice says, straight out of the mo- movie of Porkies. <laughs> I think it's a fair point. Unfortunately, I didn't. I cut off the commenter's name, but I think it was justified. So these guardians of virtue forcibly took photographs of this kid's genitalia, all in the name of justice. Wink, wink. If the police, if the police department and prosecutors are so intent on arresting sexual predators, they may want to look in the mirror. Someone should check their phone's computers. I bet you'll find all kinds of illicit things on there. Unfounded allegation, but never, never does. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just to finish off, two... Book him. <laughs> two jokey comments, because I thought we need to try and lighten the mood. Uh, Poppy is a man 65. I, I like to see that in America, commenters have just as stupid names as our commenters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if convicted, he should be sentenced to death by... Uh, Le- urethral erection. Oh, very good. That's good, yeah. yeah. And, a bit more uh, intelligent than our commenters, it seems like in Washington. <laughs> And uh, again, Poppy is the man 65 says, hey, they're only looking for hard evidence. Police are only looking for hard evidence. Yep, good one. Nice pun there too. Yeah, actually, yeah. really, uh, really stiffens up the story. That doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't work, no. 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 But good, good for trying. Um, <laughs> so on that note, uh, we bring this uh, near, rather near the knuckle episode of, uh, of a local anaesthetic behind and uh, we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation Rob to episode 110 yeah. Rob already yeah absolutely I mean I know that this episode has been quite edgy I feel this week and so and next week we'll, we'll, we'll make sure it's more comedic to, to, to counterbalance it yeah and we really hope that that missing girl that you rather inappropriately read a story about turns up I, you know, I hope they find her take care and God bless <laughs>